This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Ernest Lewis, the podcast editor. The Forward Singapore exercise began in June 2022, and over 16 months, more than 200,000 Singaporeans from all walks of life have taken part in engagement sessions on a wide range of topics. The engagement exercise ended with the Forward Singapore report released end October 2023. The report reflects Singaporeans' collective aspirations and shared understanding of our roles and vision for the future. Today, about 14,000 families with children who live in public rental housing are supported by the Community Link Programme in Housing, Employment and Education. Comlink for short, started in 2019. It's a programme to support lower-income families in all HDB towns with a focus on those living in public rentals with children under 21. As Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong explained, when he unveiled the 180-page Forward Singapore report on the 27th of October. Certainly those who have done well in society should do more to contribute and give back to our fellow citizens and uplift those with less. Indeed, many participants in this exercise shared a desire to rethink success and the Singapore dream. Success is not just about chasing our own individual goals or material goals. It's also about a sense of fulfilment and meaning and about contributing to a larger purpose and the common good. In other words, we truly succeed only when we succeed together. And that's also how we uphold a strong spirit of solidarity and trust in Singapore. In this episode, we'll look at how the existing Comlink program will be boosted following the Forward SG final report. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry of Communications and Information in support of Forward Singapore. In the studio, we have three guests. First is Mr. Manas Gupta, a Comlink volunteer befriender who conducts home visits to help families in need of community support. Glad to have you on the show. Glad to be here. Next, we have Mr. Malmindajit Singh, who used to be on the financial assistance scheme himself and now volunteers with a foster home and is also on advisory boards related to community support. Thanks for joining in, Malmindajit. Thanks, Anas. And finally, we have Mr. Lim Tekiat, a policymaker, a representative from the Ministry of Social and Family Development, who is here to reveal more about an announcement on Comlink Plus. Great to have you with us. Hello, Ernest. Thanks for having us. Okay, let's start off the discussion. Manas, you're on the ground as a Comlink volunteer befriender. How has the reaction been like from the families that you help? It's been quite nice, actually, and uh, quite warm, mm. much more warm than I expected it to be. How many years you've been doing this? Uh, I'm still quite new, actually. So I started uh, volunteering, you know, actually doing the home visits since the start of this year. So oh, since okay. January. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, about 10 months old. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So how do you find the reaction from the family? Any, anything that stood out for you? Before I actually did my first home visit, what I wasn't... 
really sure about was, you know, how receptive would the families be to someone like me, you know, a stranger coming into their house for the first time, yeah. uh, you know, asking them to open up and share their problems and, you know, just tell us about their life. So I, you know, if someone were to come to me, uh, you know, I would be apprehensive as well. But to my surprise, the families were actually quite, you know, willing to open up, quite welcoming in about two to three visits, actually, it was a very good rapport that was going on. And so after three visits, it didn't even feel like, you know, we, I don't know the families or the families don't know me. So the kids are all saying hi. I'm saying hi to the kids. We are having a good time and we're going and we're just chatting and we're just taking off from where we left off the previous time. Mm. So uh, I think that part was really quite nice for me. And, you know, it's always like a highlight for me as well whenever I do a home visit to just interact with families. Mm. You know, it's like... Uh, kind of like just meeting friends. So I think that warmth was what I didn't anticipate, but it was really nice. What made you decide to sign up for this as a volunteer befriender for Comlink? Yeah, so I think just like towards the end of COVID, I just wanted to do some volunteering. And so I, I went on the volunteer.sg page and I was looking for different uh, volunteering opportunities. And uh, this befriending opportunity really struck out to me because I personally enjoy uh, these kind of opportunities where you have a long-term engagement with the client or the family. And with befriending, that was a very unique volunteering scheme, unlike the others, which were like slightly more one-off. This was a prolonged uh, you know, engagement. And I personally like to get to know people more and interact with them more. So this opportunity actually enabled me to do that. So I signed up for it. Okay, nice. Malmetinjit, you used to be on the financial assistance scheme, right, yourself. And how, how do you think this was crucial in shaping your life? Well, very actually, Ernest. So this was 1991 mm. when I went to secondary one. I went to an independent school and that was the very early days of independent schools in Singapore. So obviously the transition, you know, from paying regular school fees in primary school and then paying school fees at a much higher level for independent schools was something that my family at that point in time, you know, was it was difficult for them to sustain. My household income at that point in time was about $1,000 a month. Mm. Um, you know, and at that point in time, the school fees for independent school, which is I was going to, was about $200 a month. So imagine paying 20% of your household income just for school fees. That was not possible at all. So thankfully, the vice principal of that particular school came to know about my case. I mean, I was already reviewing whether I should join that school or join another school. She came to find out what the case led me and pointed me to the direction of the MOE financial assistance scheme, helped us apply for it, and you know I got it. And because of that, I got to spend, you know, my my whole secondary school education in the school, which I think was a huge turning point for me. Because I think what was very important for me was that being one of the lower income students in that school, where a lot of the, my classmates were from much upper levels uh, of strata of society, yeah. gave me the ability to dream because it showed me that there was a world out of the world I was used to, right? I'm used to the, you know, in my, my three-room flat that I lived in, playing with my neighbours on a day-to-day -day basis. But there was a lot more out there. Were you an only child? Or? I was an only child. Okay. So there's a lot more out there that I was not familiar to, not exposed to. I got to go to my some of my classmates' houses who's, you know, where their servants' quarters were bigger than my own flat, right? And I was like, wow, how right. is this even possible in a place like Singapore? Yeah. But what that made me do was it gave me aspirations. It allowed me to dream. I mean, we talk a lot about how people should dare to dream. And I think as a society, we do that quite well in Singapore. We give people the tools and the ability to dare to dream. But we should also create and put a bit more 
effort into you know helping people know what they should dream about. Mm. What is that end goal that they should aspire to? Uh, and I think that's something that you know people from the lower strata of society sometimes struggle with because you're just so isolated from everyone else. Uh, you know that your aspirations are much lower than you like. And I guess I guess you reaching out and there are people around willing to help, right? Yes. Um, you know, I think what was really instrumental for me was that I had people around, not just in school, but people around in my wider social networks, particularly in the Sikh temples that I visited. Hmm. Uh, you know, so people in my own community who were people who were role models without them even realizing it. These were people who had done well, who had similarly come from more difficult backgrounds, but had done well in their careers through education or whatever not. And just, you know, looking at them gave me the ability to say, look, you know, if they can do it, so can I. And so I, I think my message out there is that today, anyone who has done well for themselves, all you need to do is just to have a conversation with somebody who's less, you know, doing less well, well off than you because you don't know where that conversation will take that person and how you might inspire someone. You know, for low-income families, right, what do you think they are really looking for? And how important is uh, self-reliance or even, you know, a sense of dignity? Well, I think that is very, very important, Ernest. I mean, of course, there are short-term challenges, like, you know, with cash flow problems. And I think that, you know, in Singapore, we have a lot of schemes, you know, to do that. And I mean, I just read recently about DPM Lawrence announcing some uh, enhancements to the Comlink scheme as well. So I was quite heartened to see that those enhancements that he announced were not just monetary and financial, but also in terms of, you know, looking at more a broader toolkit and helping out families, because I think that's very important. I think what's useful is that, you know, quite often we focus on the short-term financial needs of these families, but really what moves the needle in getting them out of that rut or that, that situation they're in is the education of the children. That is one thing that is a huge lever. And I speak from my own experience. That's what really helped my family and I. And I see that in many other families as well. You know, invest in the education of children, which the family themselves at that point in time sometimes struggle mm -hmm. with. So I'm glad to, glad to see that the Comlink scheme now will have uh, coaches in place to help families more customize. I think that could be very crucial in you know helping the kids of those families see light at the end of the tunnel and say, look, you know, this is what you're going to do to get there. Take it. And what were the main points your ministry teams learned from the Forward SG sessions? Yeah. One key learning point from our public engagement sessions uh, is that there's broad consensus amongst Singaporeans mm -hmm. that everyone can contribute and do their part to uplift low-income families, even as the government do more to provide assurances. Uh, this sort of affirms our social compact as one that is a balance between individual and shared responsibilities. Families have agencies and want to chart their own paths. While individual responsibility is important, sometimes families do face difficulties that are hard to overcome. So therefore, families can benefit from more government and community support that recognises and supplements their efforts without erasing their agency and self-reliance. So I mean, as we've heard from Malminajit's experience, the help has always been around there. I think that's the good thing about Singapore system, I can safely say. It's just that whether people want to reach out and sometimes also whether the families can get past initial uh, you know, shyness and maybe ask for help. But uh, of course, it's about like improvements to the system as we speak in, in recent years. So what are the details that we can expect from this upcoming Comlink Plus program, especially after the final Forward SG report? Mm. What, what we are ultimately after is uh, families making progress in the journey towards uh, stability, self-reliance and social mobility. 
So there are two main features under Comlink Plus. Mm. Uh, one, we'll have family coaches to partner and coach families. Uh, they will be the consistent touch point for families. The family coaches will connect family to resources and co-develop action plans with families, taking into account their needs and aspirations. For example, if the family is looking for classes for their kids, family coaches can link the families up to suitable activities like swimming classes, reading classes, tuition programs that are run by our Comlink Plus community partners. And if the family needs employment support, they'll be connected to WSG job coaches. That, so that's the first uh, enhancement. Uh, the second enhancement under Comlink Plus, we will have packages that recognise and supplement families' efforts to improve their situation. So if families do their part in preschool enrolment and attendance for their kids, if they do their part to sustain a job, clear their debts and save towards home ownership, they will get corresponding financial top-ups under the packages. Hmm. I mean, it's very different from your time, right, when you had the financial assistance. What's your reaction when you hear this? No, it's it's great. Of course, things have evolved along the way. You know, I mean, today there's a lot more assistance, financially and non-financially as well. And I think it's a much better ecosystem and environment now than it was back then, 30 years ago. What I would add is that when we look at communities uh, in terms of assistance and that perhaps looks at the evolution of the self-help groups as well. You know, they were initially very ethnic-focused. Uh, from my own fo my own experience, and I mentioned this earlier about how I, I looked at some of the places of worship, uh, you know, where, where communities are, I think we should also look at how we can, you know, reach out to people through religion as well. And I don't mean religion, you know, like looking at religion per se, but, you know, the places of worship, right? Because these are also communities. And sometimes... Uh, you know, while these self-help groups have done a ph phenomenal job, there are still cracks, there are still gaps that need to be filled. And I suspect that if we reach out through the places of worship, whether it's through informal mentoring or even, you know, um, using them as touch points, look out for people who need help, I think we could broaden the reach to a lot more people. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Back to our conversation with our three guests on better community support in Singapore going ahead. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry of Communications and Information in support of Forward Singapore. So take it back to this question of financial support right it's tied to the progress of families it seems a lot more focused now how do you ensure this you know i mean it looks like the aim is to reduce all these gaps in early childhood development because a lot of the families hold themselves back and that's not good yeah so before comlink and comlink plus our families navigate challenges themselves many families approach social services touch points downstream only when they encounter challenges so with Comlink Plus, the concept of uh, prevention is better than cure comes into play. Family coaches partner lower-income families with children staying in rental housing units upstream, even before these families approach social services touch points. The family coaches will celebrate mini milestones with families, journey with them over time on their action plans. The packages that recognise and supplement families' efforts further motivates families to keep up their progress also talk about your point on uh, early childhood development yes. because we know that research shows that early years are indeed critical to a child's development. Attending quality preschool can boost the children's confidence and social skills. Children who attend preschool from age 3 onwards are less likely to require additional learning support in primary school. 
Hence, we provide financial top-ups that recognises and supplements the family's efforts uh, when they enrol their children in preschool by age three and when they sustain good attendance. And of course, beyond preschool, we know that the home environment is also very important. This is why other packages support families to work, to clear their debts and to save towards home ownership. These packages will strengthen the family's financial resilience and boost their social mobility over time. So Manas, you know, I mean, on that point about like early preschool, you know, that intervention point now, the decision to do this much more systematically and more f- targeted, how, how do you feel about that? Is that good? Yeah, I think actually like another very interesting thing about the scheme is like the long-term mm. support. So what I see in some of the families is that, you know, families get support, but they might be only yeah. for a few months and then the support kind of ends and then somewhat the families go back to where they were before the support was given. So for the case of early uh, childhood education, right, like I have like some families where like kids need a bit more support. Uh, You know, they have some learning difficulties which weren't uh, properly diagnosed. And, uh, you know, once they were diagnosed, it was was brought to light that they need a bit more hand-holding, a bit more support. So I think these nudges and these schemes at that stage would be very useful for, you know, families which have these kind of needs. And uh, similarly, like some even slightly uh, older in the journey, uh, you know, even primary school students, I see uh, some of the families that we support, uh, the kids need tutoring, uh, outside of school tutoring, but, uh, and there are schemes available to tutor, but because of some other circumstances the family's facing, they're not able to get the tutoring that they need. So in that case, someone like a family coach who can kind of just step in a bit more and, you know, really try to sort out all the things which are holding back the kids from getting that tutoring can be done. So I think those very targeted and long-term nudges would be quite helpful. Yeah, and I think it's quite tricky when you expect the family to know what to do, reach out here, reach out there. Yeah, so yeah, a befriender yeah. like you actually helps to link all the dots, right? Yeah, so actually one of the main roles for a befriender like me also is to really help the family coach because a family coach is a full-time employee. They have multiple households to take care of as well. Whereas a befriender like me has lesser households to take care of. So, you know, we can actually devote more time and really keep track of all the issues that a family is facing. And uh, we help the family coaches in that sense to get more regular updates and then update the family coaches on how things are progressing. Uh, As well as, as you said, like just bringing new ideas to the table that, you know, it's the second pair of years to uh, think about issues and, you know, voice out uh, interesting ideas that maybe the family coach couldn't think of in the moment. So actually, take care. What Malmindajit talked about, I mean, you know, financial assistance is, is an important thing. Let's say there are potential donors, there are Singaporeans out there, maybe very busy in their lives, but doing well. They may not have the time to be a befriender, for example, like Manas, and they can help by donating financially. How would they do that if they're listening to this podcast? Yeah, indeed. I think donors can contribute financially to the packages that support the family. Uh, So uh, donors and volunteers... Uh, volunteers who want to be befrienders like Manas, uh, who has stepped up to serve the families, uh, they can always uh, contact MSF to contribute. Okay. As simple as that. Huh? As simple as uh, To the website directly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Malmedijit, how can the community, right, how can they chip in f- more from now on besides just financial donations? You know, in other ways, like uh, you may not have that financial capabilities, but you are able to give like maybe other chances mentorships or something? So I would focus on three points here. 
First, as I mentioned earlier, is the need to improve interactions across uh, stratas and classes of society. So if you think that you are someone who's done well or is doing well, you know, and you know, you know, a less advantaged family, do take some time to talk to people from the family, especially the children. Like I mentioned, that goes a long way because you create a bond, uh, you help that child dream and inspire and aspire them, right? Which goes beyond uh, financial assistance schemes, which goes beyond even formal mentoring schemes as well. Just that 15 to 20 minutes you take, you know, whether you meet the person at a community event or community place, you know, that 15 to 20 minute conversation asking them what he or she is doing and giving them some advice and guidance as to how he or she could do better or, or the directions to take, that goes a long way from my personal experience. So, so do interact. You know, I think that's something as a society we need to do better, right? Uh, the second point I would say is that I, I think businesses need to play their part as well. And this goes beyond just true financial assistance schemes. So today, many companies, particularly MNCs, have, you know, strong volunteering programs, strong CSR programs. I think it's important that those are more targeted. And I would like to see more companies, including SMEs and startups, not just big MNCs, uh, you know, get involved in giving back to society through in-kind programs such as befriender programs like Manaf is doing, you know, mentorship programs, or even just, you know, spending time with some uh, some of these youth. Why not get a, a day where uh, some of these youth from uh, less privileged backgrounds can spend two or three days, say, in a big tech company, for instance, right. where they're shadowing, you know, staff from the big tech company. I mean, I would think that goes a long way in terms of, you know, helping that child dream for his or her dream job in that tech company as well. So, so even as some, something as simple like painting classes or extra hobby Exactly. exactly. Or even just a shadowing, still like, you know, just a day in the life of a, a you know, a tech engineer or a day in the life of a podcast host. Yeah, host, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's right yeah. yeah, yeah. I need someone to help me call cables. <laughs> Always need that. <laughs> okay. Take care. Moving on, right? You you mentioned this, uh, you've explained to us what's coming up next in Comlink Plus. And, and one of the, the roles that's new is family coaches. We've talked about it a little bit. Who are these family coaches? Where do they come from? And are they all Ministry of Social and Family Development staff full-time? How does this role work? Yeah, maybe you can explain. Yeah, so to each of the low-income family, we engage them in a pair. Uh, one of the pair is actually a family coach and a family coach is actually an MSF officer. Right. Uh, the other one is actually a community befriender and this is where we encourage uh, people from the community, whether you're from the corporates, whether they are individuals. So someone like Manas? Someone like Manas okay, who has okay. stepped up to serve. Uh, can always partner a family coach and engage the families together. Right. And then the primary role of this pair is really to support the family towards uh, stability, self-reliance and social mobility. And we've got to break it down what this means. Because what is stable, what is self-reliance and what is uh, social mobility for the different families uh, is actually, uh, it has to be customised and contextualised to the situation of the family. So, for example, uh, it could include securing a stable job. It could include resolving a family violence issue or it could include addressing a healthcare concern. Uh, and ultimately, I think the family coach and the befriender will be co-developing an action plan with the family, breaking down the longer-term goals into manageable steps to achieve the goals. And we'll also organise support along the goals. If I could just jump in here, take care. And, and, and I mean, one of the observations I had from my time volunteering through MSF, you know, on uh, with uh, on the board of uh, children's homes and young persons' homes, where a lot of the children come from, you know, broken families, um, you know, and, and are institutionalized in different homes. 
what I've at least anecdotally observed is that you know when they first started out, the they were some of them perform academically quite decently, uh, but because of the attention and focus in you know ensuring that these guys have a home or family to return to, sometimes and, and correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes they are put in different foster homes. You know, could be an aunt or an uncle who may have less of a vested interest in the upbringing of the child, but you know. It takes on the responsibility and gets a small little stipend for that as well, right? So the the the, the commitment obviously is is kind of misdirected. Then you see the child's educational performance sort of deteriorate over time. My sense is that if we could just flip this around, rather making the focus of that help or assistance for the child to be a family and provide them a family, but to be more academically inclined and focused, and to say, look, can we get this child? you know, a, a group of these children and, and, you know, house them in a particular place where, you know, the focus is really on academic performance. Mm. So that, because that would be that one lever, as I mentioned earlier, that one lever that will really get them out of this cycle. Right. So that could be, I mean, up for consideration in future iterations exactly. of Comlink Plus, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So that means you're really targeting the educational focus of that. Absolutely. Rather than tying it to the, say, the foster. Family or the household, yeah family, the household, yeah. Because you, I mean, Manas, you know this, right? It's, it's also quite something you have to coax the family to want to push the child in this, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, the families anyway are going through so much, right? And when they get into a comfortable habit, you know, it's they feel the inertia to change anything, right? You ask them to do anything, even though they understand that it might help them, they'll have that inertia. So you do need a bit of coaxing, a bit of long-term support, someone to that they really trust to, you know, for them to take that step and go out and make changes. Um, take it. Are there any roles that if members of the public are listening in, they want to come on board to chip in, you know, um, what are the kinds of roles that they can sign up for besides uh, being a befriender and besides the chance to work alongside these family coaches from MSF, yeah. So, uh, members of the public can actually step up in two ways. Mm -hmm. uh, one is to be befriender, like what Manas is doing. Uh, another way is actually to sign up to volunteer with our Comlink programs. Uh, and our, and under our Comlink Plus programs, I mean, we do have many partners uh, running different programs. And some actually include the concept that I think uh, Mario uh, just mentioned, uh, which is a uh, uh, focus on academic. Some do it through providing tuition programs. Some do it through a boarding school concept. But we have different partners uh, stepping up uh, to do their part uh, to support and uplift uh, lower-income families. So either as a befriender or as a volunteer with the various Comlink Plus programs. Okay, good. We'll also have links to the various uh, MSF programs in our podcast show notes. So Manas, just to cap off with you, right? I mean, volunteering alongside these new family coaches that we're going to be seeing in Comlink Plus. Uh, are you glad, in a way, to see that there's more support? You know, you're going in a very targeted way because you are tackling the personal side of things. The family coaches will be have a more systematic approach. Do you feel this is good for the future, for the next few years? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we have to roll it out and we have to, of course, there might be some kinks in the implementation, but like, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'm most excited about the long-term support that, you know, these programs will offer uh, because that's one of the things I see on the ground that families don't have. So I'm really excited about that. And also, I think some of the, the officers that I'm working with already have that relationship where they have been with the family for very long and they're kind of already kind of doing the family coach role. 
so uh, i i think it'll be great to see the implementation in uh, also in any way that we as befrienders can help in it it will be great and uh, yeah i just uh, look forward to continuing the home visits that i'm already doing and engaging with the families all right thanks gentlemen thanks very much for sharing your thoughts uh, manas great to have you on the show thank you for having me malmindjit great insights from you and thank you so much for sharing your early life stories as well thank you anas and uh, great perspective from you take care as well on the program that's uh, we can look forward to to help all singaporeans here it's a pleasure to be here thank you for having us again well that's a wrap for this episode of in your opinion a podcast series by the straits times if you like to read our opinion columns and hear our forward sg related podcasts there are links in our podcast show notes This final and fourth Forward SG related episode was brought to you by the Ministry of Communications and Information in support of Forward Singapore. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast@sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.